Greetings, loyal horror enthusiasts. You have tuned into The Witching Hour with Mona Hex, proudly presented to you by the Movie Pit Podcast. Without any further ado, let's commence with the show. Please give a warm welcome to the one and only, the incomparable Mona Hex. Welcome back, my dear connoisseurs of the macabre, Tith, The Witching Hour, where nightmares seep into reality and the shadows whisper your name. I'm your harbinger of the haunted, Mona Hex, and tonight I bid you enter the chilling saga of The Curse of Blackwood Manor. Nestled within the gnarled woods of rural New York, this decrepit abode harbors secrets so vile, so saturated in the stench of death, that only those with the steeliest of nerves dare to tread its cursed grounds. Brace your souls, for this tale is not for the faint-hearted. Explicit horrors await, flesh ripped asunder, screams echoing through blood-spattered halls, and innocence defiled beneath the malevolent gaze of an entity most foul. Heed my warning. This episode is a vile concoction of graphic violence, barely conceivable depravity, and stark nudity, crafted strictly for the twisted delight of you, my adult listeners. Summon your courage, clutch your talismans close, and let the darkness consume you as we unravel the maleficent tapestry of misfortune enshrouding Blackwood Manor. Tonight, we dance with damnation. Amidst the forgotten trinkets and dusty heirlooms, there it sat, a porcelain enigma veiled in white lace, the antique doll named Madeline. Its glassy eyes, wide and unblinking, stared out through time, a silent sentinel among the relics of the dead. The estate sale, an eerie collection of one family's detritus, was the kind of place you'd expect to be soaked in the sepia-toned past, but, for the Blackwoods, this inheritance of another's memories was like treasure hitting their palm. Eleanor Blackwood, with her raven hair cascading over a furrowed brow, was both cursed by curiosity and charmed by the past. As her delicate fingers grazed the doll's cold cheeks, a shiver coiled its way up her spine. She couldn't peel her gaze away from Madeline's uncanny beauty. Something within that hollow chest called to her, like the doll harbored a forgotten legend, a whisper from a long-dead throat. It's beautiful, isn't it, Mommy? Julie, her youngest, spoke with innocent wonder, and Eleanor forced a smile, a live ailing her creeping apprehension. It's exquisite, she replied, her words twinning with regret as soon as they left her mouth. She knew then, as inevitable as the sun's descent, Madeline would come home with them. And home Madeline came, propped upon the mantle, an artifact of someone else's life, imparting a new chapter of dread into the chronicles of Blackwood Manor. Oliver Blackwood, sterner and more skeptical, scoffed at the notion of giving the doll prominence in their home. A grotesque little thing, isn't it? He remarked, his whiskey-tinged breath curling around the words. But Eleanor pressed on, it's history, Oliver. It's the charm of bygone eras nestled within our modern lives. So, Madeline came to rest under their roof, her mere presence an aberration that sucked the warmth from each room, casting shadows that seemed to slither and coil in the corners of their eyes. Despite the unease, the family dined that night, chinking glasses and feasting, laughter threading their conversation, a fabricated tapestry to hide the sinister chill that crept in like fog over a grave. The estate sale was but a whisper of what once was, but the doll, Madeline, was a scream slicing through the veil of reality, a harbinger of horrors yet undreamed by the hapless Blackwoods who, beneath a veil of familial normality, would soon come to know the ghoulish symphony of fear that sought to unravel them from within. From the moment Madeline's porcelain form entered the threshold of Blackwood Manor, a suffocating air of unease seemed to follow. At first, it whispered through the halls, a silent predator stalking its prey. It wasn't long before the nightmares began, horrific, visceral hauntings that clawed at the edges of sleep, dragging the Blackwoods into an abyss of terror. The youngest, Lily, was the first to awaken to the sharp stench of iron and sweat. Her screams pierced the night as her room morphed into a perverse theater, bloodied walls bearing witness to spectral slaughter. The doll, Madeline, sat perched on a chair, her glassy eyes aglow with malevolent delight as the floor turned slick with the imagined innards of a shadowed figure. Simon, the patriarch, soon succumbed to his own nighttime horrors. 
His dream self was thrown into a pit of writhing bodies, each face twisted into a grotesque mask of agony, limbs contorted in unnatural poses, flesh torn open to reveal the pulsing darkness within. And always, Madeline, with her delicate china hands dripping crimson, orchestrating each wretched movement of the damned as if she were a conductor of chaos. Hagatha, the matriarch, endured a different torment, a gauntlet of psychological dread. Naked and exposed, she was forced to watch as her own body decayed before her, peeling away like petals of a rotting flower, while Madeline's mocking laughter echoed, the sound a razor's edge shredding the veil between sanity and madness. It was that petrifying blend of wakefulness and nightmare that breached the dam of paranoia. Whisper sowed mistrust among the Blackwoods by day, each glance at Madeline igniting fresh fear, was she always sitting in that exact position? Did her gaze shift ever so slightly when one looked away? They couldn't trust their eyes, they couldn't trust each other. The truth about the doll hemorrhaged into the light, ancient and vile, a revelation of human sacrifice and demonic pacts woven into her very creation. Each owner of Madeline met a gruesome end, disemboweled, defiled, destroyed, and now, it was the Blackwoods who teetered on the precipice, staring into a chasm of malevolent design. Their home, once a sanctuary, had become a crucible for the darkest of forces, and Madeline, with her cursed past, was the infernal key turning in the lock that held back the flood of damnation. And still, the horror swelled. Food turned to ash in their mouths, reflections twisted into grotesque worries, and a sickly sweet scent of decomposition clung to Madeline's dress, a harbinger of the carnage yet to come. The doll, Madeline, was no mere toy. She was a vessel, filled to the brim with the vilest intentions of human savagery, and the Blackwoods, naive in their acquisition, had unleashed her. As darkness fell like a suffocating blanket over Blackwood Manor, the family's fitful slumber was once again besieged by terrifying visions. In these dreams, the corridors of the manor twisted into an unrecognizable labyrinth of despair, with the patter of tiny porcelain feet echoing through the night. Little Sarah, her blonde curls damp with cold sweat, trembled beneath her sheets as the visage of Madeline, the innocuous doll, transformed before her eyes. The dream version of the doll, cruel and unyielding, whispered secrets in a voice that was not hers, a voice that scraped the inner walls of Sarah's mind with jagged nails of malice. Madeline's once smooth porcelain skin fractured, revealing glimpses of the writhing darkness that broiled beneath. Peter, the eldest son, envisioned Madeline perched atop his chest, breathing a putrid stench while she caressed his face with her minuscule, cold fingers. He was paralyzed, unable to cry out as she drew closer, her mouth agape, revealing a black abyss lined with needle-like teeth that gnashed with a lust for flesh. The family matriarch, Elizabeth, tortured by insomnia, finally succumbed to a restless doze only to be confronted by Madeline in a blood-soaked ballroom. The doll danced gracefully, twirling as specters of the deceased Blackwood ancestors were pulled into her sinister waltz. Elizabeth could hear the orchestrated crack of bones and the wet splatter of entrails against the antique hardwood, as Madeline led the macabre dance of death with unnerving elegance. Harold, the patriarch, a man of science and reason, was taunted with the impossible, a reality where logic crumbled. He stood before the doll, Madeline now life-sized, her bangled hands drenched in crimson. She spoke to him in riddles, recounting the violent ends of the many who once dared to claim ownership of her. Each tale was punctuated by the horrific displays of the victim's final moments, guts unraveling like grotesque yarn, eyes plucked into oblivion, and blood, a never-ending torrent of blood that seemed to flood the very ground he stood upon. Jason, their cousin, closeted with his own tormented sexuality, saw Madeline as the forbidden temptress, her doll-like seduction promising the touch he'd long denied himself, only to metamorphose into a maw of razor teeth, each bite a violent rebuke of his hidden desires. With each night, the imagined horrors bled more seamlessly into the reality of day, the toll on the Blackwood's sanity was glaring in bloodshot eyes and jumpy glances. Even the shadows cast by the midday sun seemed to play tricks, coalescing in the corners of their vision into the small, hunched silhouette of Madeline. The fear was gnawing at their minds, a festering wound that refused to heal, a promise of the malevolence that was to come. 
The Blackwoods never could shake the feeling that Madeline, that goddamn porcelain atrocity, was staring through them, watching, waiting. It wasn't just the way her glassy eyes seemed to follow you, no. It was the cold aura that seemed to linger around her, like a shroud of mist on a grave. As the family dove into the antique doll's history, they unearthed a morbid tapestry of folklore and blood rites. The thing is, Madeline's creation was no ordinary craft, she was born out of a pact, sinister and wretched. Her maker, a forgotten sorceress, had conjured her through vile means, binding a demon to the doll's empty shell. That's why Madeline's smile seemed so, wrong, as if there was something alive beneath that eternal grin. Generations prior, the Blackwoods had been entangled with dark dealings, the kind that stained their name in the unseen archives of unholy texts. A distant ancestor had struck a deal with the very demon now residing in Madeline. That's right, fucking Blackwood blood had sealed it, and now their lineage was cursed, chained to a legacy as damned as the bowels of hell itself. Year after year, Madeline found herself in the hands of those destined to suffer, and her appetite for mayhem seemed insatiable. Children's cribs were found toppled, their cries silenced in the dead of night. Lovers were discovered, bodies contorted in grotesque mimicries of their once tender embraces. And all the while, those glazed eyes watched, as if drinking in the damnation. Word of the doll's curse spread like festering disease, yet somehow, she always returned, as if Madeline were playing some fucked up game of boomerang, bringing ruin to each new home with a more ferocious hunger. It was as if she was collecting souls, a morbid memento of lives torn asunder, echoing the agony of her creator's malevolent heart. And now, as the Blackwood family pieced together Madeline's stained past with the tainted bloodlines of their own, they realized the doll hadn't come to them by chance. No, she was theirs by right, claimed by the very depravity their ancestor had embraced. They were bonded to her, entwined in a vile dance with fate, a dance that promised only torment and despair. Their dreams of quiet nights and peaceful mornings were slaughtered, replaced with the sobering knowledge that they were simply the next chapter in Madeline's Book of Horrors, a book with pages wet with blood and tears. They could feel the news of inevitability tightening around their throats, their grim fate was sealed the moment Madeline entered Blackwood Manor, with her cursed past and their doomed future horribly intertwined. Madeline, a doll crafted not of porcelain, but the very essence of horror, her legacy a tale not just cursed, but fucking macabre. The Blackwoods could run, yes. They could fight, surely. But the truth clawed at their minds with razor-sharp certainty, Madeline was here to stay, and she would not be ignored. The specter of the past looms over Blackwood Manor, a vile tapestry where each thread weaves through generations of unsuspecting victims. Tonight, as the curse's vile grip tightens, we witness the chilling harmonization of ancestral sins with the pernicious present. Listen closely, as we venture into the dark heart of Blackwood Manor, where an evil legacy binds the living to the echoes of the damned. The whispers begin with Abraham Blackwood, the patriarch, who stumbled upon Madeline, that cursed doll, amidst the arcane offerings of a forbidden auction. His obsession with occult artifacts had drawn him, moth-like, to her flame. But Abraham was merely the latest of the Blackwoods to be ensnared by the doll's seductive malice. For generations, the Blackwoods had been curators of the cursed, collectors of artifacts steeped in blood and darkness, guardians of a family secret too horrific for daylight's embrace. As Madeline settled within the splintered walls of her new abode, her presence was like a poison seeping through the veins of the manor, a vile elixir that awakened the slumbering horrors of yesteryear. It was not chance, but the cruel hand of fate that brought her here, to this place heavy with sin and silence. It seemed almost as if the manor itself sighed, its foundations moaning in recognition of her return. For Madeline was no stranger to this place of shadows. Her very creation was a black sacrament performed upon these grounds, a ritual that wove her essence into the manor's soul, a pact inked in the blood of those who dared summon her. The Blackwood family, lulled into the deceptive tranquility of rural life, were blind to the creeping dread that now shared their home. With each day Madeline lingered, tendrils of despair wound tighter around their hearts, her influence an unseen miasma that turned brother against brother, daughter against mother. 
a once warm kinship, now tainted by suspicion and dread, twisted by the gnarled fingers of a past they did not understand. Old wounds, sealed by time's unsteady hand, began to fester anew as Madeline strummed the chords of her malevolent symphony. She dredged up corals long buried, secrets best forgotten, fueling a furnace of animosity that threatened to consume the Blackwood lineage in its entirety. Perhaps most tragic of all was young Eleanor, whose bloodline bore the deepest scars of Madeline's abhorrent magic. Through her dreams, the doll whispered promises of power, of retribution against those who dared slight her, planting seeds of discord that took root in Eleanor's soul. The doll's porcelain visage became a grotesque mirage haunting her waking hours, an ever-present omen of the chaos yet to come. Madeline, ever the master of maleficence, drew strength from the family's unraveling, feeding upon the manor's growing terror. Her essence, bound to the woodwork, the very air they breathed, became the stage upon which the tragic history of the Blackwoods would find its grotesque revival. And so, the threads weave on, an intricate pattern of malice and sorrow that ensnares the living and the dead alike. In the damning light of revelation, the Blackwoods come to realize their grim inheritance, a relentless curse that will not rest until it has claimed them all. As the specter of their forsaken kin watch on from shadowed corners, the family begins to comprehend their fates were never their own. They were but puppets, dancing to the twisted tune of Madeline's malevolent symphony, destined to play their part in the unholy legacy of Blackwood Manor. The halls of Blackwood Manor no longer rang with benign silence but throbbed with the murmur of impending savagery. As the moon clawed its way through the night sky, an eldritch transformation befell. A once serene portrait of Madeline leered from its frame, her painted eyes infected with a feral glow, as if the very fires of hell had kindled a gruesome light within them. That very night a symphony of screens erupted, a violent prelude to the madness to come. Joseph, the patriarch, stumbled through the corridors, his flesh ripped open by Madeline's unseen hands, dark blood painting his trail, a grotesque mockery of Ariadne's thread. In the nursery, the wallpaper keeled back as if fearing the horror that unfolded. Sarah, the youngest, cloaked in nothing but moonlight, collapsed in a heap, her alabaster skin marred by deep, unnatural gashes as if clawed by spectral beasts. Madeline's influence, insidious as a plague, wormed its way into the minds and bodies of the unsuspecting family. It bound the twins, Alexandra and Emily, in a sickening waltz, their movements jagged and convulsive, ensnared in a torturous choreography only cruelty could compose. With limbs entangled, they spun, their bones snapping to the cadence of unseen puppet strings, echoing a cacophony of ruptures that resonated through the cold night air. In the drawing room, Elizabeth, Joseph's wife, her hair a cascade of sable night, became the centerpiece of this twisted rite. Her lips parted in an eternal, silent scream, her eyes torn from their sockets, leaving behind two oozing voids staring into the abyss. The entrails of the once majestic family dog lay strewn like ribbon streamers amidst the crimson-drenched opulence of their abode. The air itself was thick with the metallic stench of blood and the acrid smoke of extinguished lives, an invisible miasma that seemed to bear the ghastly whispers of those already past the veil. But it was the sound of Madeline's laughter, a devilish crescendo of perverse delight, that heralded the zenith of this horror. The porcelain figure, garbed in lace and blood, her countenance a horrid rictus of joy, presided over the chaos she had so meticulously orchestrated. Her tiny hands, once imagined to hold innocent grace, were now specters of death's own touch, every brush a commandment for carnage. This night, the once grand tapestry of the Blackwood legacy unraveled thread by blood-soaked thread, a nightmarish maelstrom unrelenting, sparing no soul it ensnared. And as the darkness of the storm consumed the manor hole, a truth most sinister emerged from within the screams and the slicing of flesh, the doll, Madeline, had but begun to play her ghastly game. The night falls heavy over Blackwood Manor, the air itself thick with the stench of impending doom. Once a place of laughter and love, the manor now twists and contorts into a grotesque stage for a visceral struggle of survival. The antique doll, Madeline, sits perched like a dark empress, her glassy gaze orchestrating the chaos that has ensnared the Blackwood family. 
In the drawing room, where paintings of ancestors now sneer in judgment, Thomas Blackwood grapples with his own terror, a once-dignified man reduced to a quivering shadow. His hands clasped around a fireplace poker, he swings wildly at what seems to be the encroaching darkness itself, but Madeline's influence is everywhere and nowhere, driving him to madness as the walls appear to bleed sinister whispers, murmurs coaxing Thomas to turn the weapon upon himself. Screams echo through the corridors as Sarah, the matriarch, her mind frayed by sleepless nights, confronts her deepest fear, her children corrupted by the malevolent force. Little Emily, with her blonde curls now matted with gore, giggles with a voice not her own, her once innocent hands drenched in the blood of the family cat. Her brother, Michael, stands motionless in the corner, his eyes black and pits that seed with a hatred alien to his soul, chanting incantations that could only be born from the darkest corners of history. Madeline, the cursed conduit of generations of torment, no longer hides her diabolical presence. Her painted porcelain face, wrapped and using a foul putrescence, is a mockery of childhood innocence, and her once delicate dress, now tattered and stained, wrestles as if alive with the suffering of her previous victims. The conservatory, where nature once flourished, is transformed into a tomb of rotten decay. Vines twist and strangle, animated by some unseen puppeteer, as Aunt Agatha, the once skeptical scholar of the family, recites passages from an ancient tome in a desperate bid to fend off the encroaching vegetation intent on consuming her whole. Her voice trembles not just with fear but with the revelation that they are all mere playthings in a sinister game far older than the manor itself. The youngest, Lily, clutches her stuffed rabbit, hiding in a secret nook within the manor's vast library. The once-hushed sanctuary now buzzes with the fury of a thousand malevolent spirits, its shadows flickering with the images of past atrocities. Her weeping is lost amidst the cacophony, her innocence a paltry shield against the depravity unleashed by Madeline. Each room of Blackwood Manor becomes a domain of dread as Madeline, with unfathomable malevolence, pushes the Blackwoods toward unspeakable acts. The house creaks and groans, a symphony of terror composed by the sinister doll, as disembodied hands claw from the walls, reaching, yearning to drag the family into an abyss from which there is no return. Flesh tears, bones snap, and blood spills, painting once hallowed halls with the gruesome tableau of a family splintered, fighting not just for their lives but for their very souls against the corruptive force that is Madeline. The very fabric of their reality frays and unravels, leaving them on the precipice of an unending darkness. Embrace or resist, the battle for salvation has just begun, the stage is set, and the Blackwood family are unwilling actors in this battleground of shadows. As the malignant spirit of the doll Madeline seeps into the very fabric of Blackwood Manor, we become witnesses to the disquieting intertwining of fate and curse. Unseen threads, woven through decades of whispered lore, now clutch at the throats of the Blackwood family, each strand a silent testament to the inescapability of their damned destiny. It began, as such harrowing tales often do, with an innocuous moment, one might say, tragically serendipitous. A quaint doll, with a cracked smile and glassy, unblinking eyes, taken in by a family utterly blind to the infernal baggage it carried. But Madeline was no mere bauble, no plaything, she was a nexus of horror, a cursed relic, the fulcrum upon which the grim history of Blackwoods pivoted. The manor itself, with its creaking floors and drafty chambers, seemed complicit in the ancient curse, its own dark history mirroring the malignant path of the doll. Whispers of past atrocities, committed within its stoic walls, now echoed as if in kinship with the bloodshed wrought by Madeline's tiny, porcelain hands. And what of the Blackwood lineage? A tapestry of tragedy and malevolence, with each ancestor unwittingly stitching their fate to the loom of doom that the doll embodied. Were they always destined to fall into this unspeakable maelstrom, or did the doll contort the path of their lives, warping destiny to serve its sinister needs? One could see the fear flicker in their eyes, a realization blooming like a vile flower, every joy, every sorrow, had led them to this nexus, where past and present horrors embraced and danced macabre to a melody of suffering and screams. The lineage of the Blackwoods, once a noble tree, now seemed gnarled and tortured, roots wrapped around the rotting heart of unspoken evil. 
The acts of their ancestors, were they mere footnotes, or warnings etched in the annals of time, cautionary tales that went unheeded until it was too late. As listeners, we too, feel the inexorable pull of the curse, the despairing knowledge that each revelation uncovered within Blackwood Manor was but a breadcrumb on a trail to damnation, a trail that ends at the cracked, blood-stained feet of Madeline, a silent sentinel of the inescapable curse that would claim them all. In the suffocating silence of the night, the Blackwood family found themselves prisoners within their own minds, their home a grotesque maze crafted by Madeline's malevolent spirit. Reeling from relentless nightmares that brought their darkest fears into a shocking reality, they each carried the burden of confusion and terror. The blood-curdling screams that once echoed through the hallways were no match for the sinister silence that now hugged the corners of each room. Gregory Blackwood, his voice barely a whisper, recounted the ungodly visions that plagued his slumber. Madeline, dot her eyes, fucking Boyd's, whispering my name with the tongues of the damned, he gasped the terror constricting his throat. Eliza Blackwood, tormented by her own hellish encounters, trembled as she spoke. She was there, in the darkness, her porcelain skin cracked like a desolate desert, her fingers clawing into my soul, her eyes brimmed with tears, reflecting the insanity that Madeline sowed in her once serene dreams. The matriarch, Meredith Blackwood, her once stoic composure shattered utterly, clutched her head, her nails digging into her scalp. This cursed fucking house, this damn doll, they're intertwining, weaving a tapestry of dread that we can't escape, she muttered, the fine line between reason and madness blurring with each shuddering breath. The Patriarch, James, a man whose strength had been the pillar of the Blackwood lineage, now stood hunched, his body language spelling defeat. There's no logic, no fucking reason to any of this horror, he snarled, his fists clenched so tightly that his knuckles turned a ghostly white. Madeline, she dances in the shadows, a puppeteer pulling at our frail strings, were nothing but meat sacks for her sadistic theater, he spat the words like venom, the taste of fear bitter on his tongue. In the depths of the night, their voices merged into a haunting chorus of desperation, each word a feeble attempt to comprehend the incomprehensible. The manor, once a symbol of legacy and grandeur, had become a diabolical trap set by the cursed doll Madeline, her reign of terror a never-ending storm, drowning their minds with the inexorable reign of lunacy. Their bonds, once unbreakable, now trembled on the brink of collapse, the psychological turmoil inflicted by Madeline's ghostly games turned loved ones into strangers, strangers who stared back at each other with suspicion and dread. In the cruel light of the moon, the Blackwoods faced an unspeakable truth. The horror unleashed upon them was a maddening puzzle with pieces that shifted and changed with each horrifying whisper of Madeline's name. With the curse seeping into every crevice of Blackwood Manor, the family found themselves ensnared in a tangled web woven by Madeline's twisted influence. In a house where shadows clung to the corners like cobwebs, and the air hummed with treachery, the slightest whisper of an alliance was enough to tilt the scales between survival and doom. Julian pressed her back to the cold wall, her breath a mist in the dim light. I don't fucking trust him, she hissed. Beside her, her brother Gregory's eyes darted anxiously. But we need him, Jules. We need to stand together or she'll rip us apart one by one, he urged, desperation sharpening his voice like a knife. Across the once grand parlor, their cousin Lila clutched a shattered piece of mirror, her knuckles white. We can't survive like this, she spat, her voice quivering with terror. That doll, Madeline, she's fucking with our minds, turning us on each other. The night bore witness to the first fracture, a betrayal so foul it reeked of the rotting darkness that Madeline brought forth. Thomas, the patriarch, once the family's steadfast pillar, collapsed into madness. Drunk on fear and commanded by the sinister whispers of Madeline, he turned on his own. With chilling precision, he lurked in the shadows, his once kind eyes alight with a murderous blaze. The curse demands blood, he told himself, as he raised his knife toward his own sister, Marianne, her back turned, oblivious while she rifled through ancient tomes. Blades of betrayal were not the only edges sharpened that night. Words, laced with venom, flew like daggers, as accusations volleyed across the rooms. 
You knew, didn't you, you bitch, snarled Richard, ripping his wife by the shoulders. You knew what that fucking thing was. Her reply was a sob, a gurgling noise caught in her throat as she shook her head, words lost in the terror. Loyalties, those sacred bonds that held the Blackwood family together, stretched and snapped like brittle twigs underfoot. Siblings, once allies, now regarded each other with feral suspicion. It wasn't supposed to be like this, whimpered Carol, the youngest, as she avoided the gazes of her kin, her arms wrapped around herself in a self-soothing embrace marred by self-doubt and terror. Even as alliances crumbled, fresh, shaky ones were born in hasty whispers. We need a fucking plan, said Julianne, her voice barely louder than a breath, fear sharpened to a point in her gaze. We lower her in, use bait, Gregory suggested, each word laden with horror at the thought of who they'd sacrificed to Madeline's unmerciful appetite. But in the halls of Blackwood Manor, tainted by Madeline's vile will, trust as a currency as counterfeit as the smiles they gave one another. Agreements made in desperate moments were just as easily broken. Peter, not moments after pledging his loyalty to overthrow the hellish chaos, turned coat. Madeline's demonic strings pulled at his conscience, coercing his hand to plant evidence, to whisper lies, to shatter the fragile truce that barely held. This is her game, Lila wept, the reality of their disintegrating unity sinking in. She thrives on this shit, on watching us fall apart. Bodies and minds wounded, dark secrets exchanged like wares in the market of the damned, the Blackwood family was a specter of its former self. Madeline, the puppet master, her dainty porcelain form belying the grotesque power she wielded, danced them all on her hellish strings, as suspicion, paranoia, and fear curdled into betrayal, a bitter pill that would lead them further into the abyss of their own annihilation. Gasping for breath, Sarah Blackwood stumbled through the dimly lit corridor, the plaster walls whispering dark secrets as she clutched the accursed doll, Madeline. With each step, an eerie force pulsed through her veins, compelling her forward like a marionette. Madeline's porcelain face, a visage of deceptive innocence, was a stark contrast to the malevolent gleam in her glassy eyes. The doll had become a malignant conductor, orchestrating every move. In the shadows of the once grand parlor, Jonathan Blackwood stood rigid, a heavy fire poker gripped in his trembling hands. His eyes glinted with an unholy fervor, a reflection of Madeline's wicked influence. As Sarah approached, her voice fell to a desperate, raspy whisper, Jonathan, please. This isn't you, but it was no use. The doll had woven its way into his psyche, speaking to him in a language of madness only he could understand. A guttural growl escaped Jonathan's throat, his once brotherly love twisted into a violent rage. With an explosion of brute force, the fire poker swung through the air in a savage arc, connecting with the skull of their cousin, Edward who had emerged from the shadowy nook. A sickening crack reverberated off the high ceilings as his body crumpled to the floor, a grotesque puppet severed from its strings. Blood, brain matter, and shards of bones splattered the walls and the precious heirlooms that were a testament to the Blackwood legacy. Edward lay there, his expression frozen in a moment of shock and betrayal, as Jonathan, with blood-speckled cheeks, turned his manic eyes towards Sarah. His chest heaved violently, breaths ragged with the exertion of murder. It wants more, he snarled, the words slithering from his lips like the venom of a serpent. The macabre dance continued, driven by the sinister will of the doll, Madeline, whose power seemed to feed on the chaos. Like a twisted chorus, the voices of the fallen whispered from the bloodstained corners, urging further depravity. In the kitchen, Annabelle Blackwood, clutching a carving knife with white-knuckled intensity, faced her husband. Henry's expression was contorted by fear, but Annabelle's features were virally calm, her actions not her own. Madeline needs silence, she cooed, her voice dripping with malice. And with that, she lunged, burying the knife deep into Henry's abdomen. He gasped, a haunting, gurgling sound as the knife twisted within his guts, entrails spilling forth like the tendrils of some hellish creature. Blood pooled on the once immaculate floor tiles, and Henry's body shuddered in its final throes, a grotesque sonnet penned by the hand of the doll, Madeline. 
Annabelle stood over her husband, the carving knife hanging limply at her side, her eyes void of the humanity that once resided there. Laughter echoed through Blackwood Manor, an abhorrent soundtrack to the relentless slaughter. Family members, once bound by blood, now ripped each other apart under the puppetry of the sinister doll. Each slash, each puncture, each heinous act of violence played out as if it were scripted in Madeline's curse. The Blackwoods, stripped of their will and bent to the warped desires of Madeline, left a portrait of pure carnage as a testament to the curse of Blackwood Manor. Each killing painted the once majestic halls with a fresh coat of gore, speaking to a legacy that darkness would never cease to claim. In the blood-stained corridors of Blackwood Manor, the bonds of family, once the unshakable bedrock of the Blackwood lineage, now stood fractured, splintered like the shattered remains of Madeline's porcelain face. You're the cause of this, all of this hell, screams Julian, his voice cutting through the manic laughter that seems to emanate from the walls themselves. His pointed finger trembles with fury at his sister, Clara, who stands with her back against the cold wall, her eyes wide with a mix of terror and disbelief. Clara's voice, ragged from sleepless nights, retorts, Don't you see, Julian? It's not me, it's that godforsaken doll. She points at Madeline, who sits primly on the velvet chaise, her once delicate features now grotesque and twisted, reflecting her malevolent spirit. The air in the room is thick with accusation and paranoia. The malevolent force that once subtly pulled at the strings of their sanity was now a raging maelstrom, hitting brother against sister, parent against child. Madeline, the nexus of their nightmare, seemed to bask in the familial chaos she had sown. The doll's eyes, those eerie glass orbs, flicker with a hellish light as if drinking in the discord. Their mother, Evelyn, wrings her hands, the matriarch whose love once held the family together, now reduced to a trembling figure, lost in the shadow of madness. We must, we must get rid of her, she mutters, but her words are swallowed by Madeline's unspoken presence that hangs heavy in the room, suffocating their will to act. You fucking bitch, Julian hisses, not at his sister or mother, but at the doll, Madeline. You've done this, you've cursed us. His face is close to Madeline's, his anger a tangible force fighting against the supernatural cold seeping from the doll. Julian's hand lifts, threatening to turn the doll to rebel, but a force stays him, an invisible chain yoking his rage. As the family stands engulfed in a storm of their own emotional unraveling, it's as if the manor itself is a silent witness to their torment, the walls echoing back the shards of their once cohesive love. Deceit and fear coil around their hearts like serpents, each suspicious glance and sharp word another scale on the constricting body of betrayal. With a guttural cry, Clara lunges, not at Julian, but at Madeline, her hands outstretched to purge the nightmare before them. It ends now, she screams, a scream that holds the remnants of her sanity fraying at its edges. But her hands meet nothing but air, the doll dematerializing before their very eyes, only to reappear across the room, its laughter filling the space with a cacophony of sinister glee. The family, once icons of unity and strength, now stood as fragmented silhouettes against the backdrop of the cursed manor. Each member trapped in an internal prison of horror, their connections to each other severed by the strings of Madeline's puppetry, left with the harrowing realization that their worst enemy lay in the hands of the porcelain monstrosity that had once promised joy. And in the darkest hours, where hope seems like a whisper lost in the storm, Madeline's presence loomed ever larger, her shadows dancing in a twisted performance choreographed by the endless night. The tranquility of Blackwood Manor is ruthlessly torn asunder when the antique doll, Madeline, orchestrates a night of unspeakable violence, a symphony of blood and screams. Its once hallowed halls, now become echoing chambers of brutality where no corner, no shadow, is spared from the ghoulish influence of this sinister presence. The first act opens with Patriarch Lawrence Blackwood waking to find his body's strings being pulled by an irresistible force. His hands, trembling and not his own, wield a glistening kitchen cleaver, reflecting the dim moonlight spilling through the window. The air is thick with the iron tang of fear. In a dance macabre, Lawrence turns towards his wife's unsuspecting form, her chest rising and falling in the rhythmic hum of slumber. 
But tonight, there will be no awakening to the chirping of morning birds. He steps closer. Each footfall is a muted thud upon the ancestral rugs, a chilling cadence counting down the moments to catastrophe. Lawrence raises the cleaver, tears mix with sweat on his brow, an unholy baptism as he drives the blade down. The sickening sound of metal cleaving flesh echoes through the room, once, twice, a relentless fury until the bed is awash in a grotesque tableau of gore. Down the hall, daughter Lillian finds herself locked in a violent waltz with her own shadow, the doll's malignant whisper spurring her onwards. Her hands, deceptively delicate, are now instruments of destruction. Clutching the shards of a shattered vase, she approaches her slumbering brother, a twisted sneer breaking the innocence of her face. Whispered apologies mix with crazed laughter as she repeatedly thrusts the jagged edges into his chest, each plunge accompanied by a wet, shocking gurgle from her brother's lips. Blood spatters across her pale nightgown, crimson blooms flowering in the pale moonlight. In the grand parlor, the youngest Blackwood, Samuel, stands trembling, a pistol gripped in his shaking hands. He is but a child, a mother's unblemished joy, yet now, the doll's toxic song weaves a spell turning his purity into malice. Across from him cower the household staff, their eyes wide with primal terror, pleading for mercy from a soul no longer in command of its vessel. Samuel's finger tightens on the trigger, the loud, deafening cracks of gunfire punctuating the stillness as bodies crumple to the floor. One by one, they fall, their lives snuffed out in the ruthless crescendo of Metalin's bloody requiem. Such vile acts leave a stain upon the manor, an impenetrable darkness that cannot be scrubbed clean. Each room, once warm with memories, is now defiled, a monument to the poison chalice that is the antique doll Madeline's legacy. The Blackwoods, once a proud lineage, are now but broken marionettes, discarded after a diabolic performance orchestrated by an entity whose hunger for chaos knows no bounds. This horrific slaughter in the dead of the night remains an unspoken witness to the depraved power slumbering within Madeline, the doll with eyes too knowledgeable for its porcelain face, too cruel for the innocence promised by its form. The echoes of that night's violence reverberate within the walls and the marrow of those who survived, a reminder that some evils do not simply linger, they revel in the devastation they bring forth. The heroine shrieks that night, oh, they were a grotesque opera, pure fucking terror harmonized with anguished cries. The walls of Blackwood Manor, now splattered with dark, coagulating blood, a canvas of nightmares. Oh, how Madeline, that sinister, porcelain-faced abomination, played conductor to this malevolent symphony, each movement more perverse than the last. There's Jonathan Blackwood, his hands trembling, holding a gleaming kitchen knife slick with his own blood, or was it his wife's? He couldn't tell anymore, the sonorous tick of the grandfather clock was now a countdown to his fracturing psyche, each chime slicing through the silence like a siren's call to damnation. And Gwen, oh tortured soul, curled up in the corner of the once grand ballroom, madness swirling in her eyes as Madeline forced her to witness unspeakable things. She's clawing at her skin, desperate to escape her own flesh, as though she could strip away the horror that clung to her like a second skin. It's not real, she would gasp, her voice rasping, over and over. But with each whisper from Madeline, reality seemed like a far-off memory. Her husband, Frank, the strong, stoic patriarch of the Blackwoods, reduced to a blubbering mess, his cries echoing in the unfeeling halls. The doll sat perched on the banister, head cocked, watching as Frank was compelled to smash, to crush, to destroy artifacts of his lineage with his own bloody fists. Each treasured memory, each piece of history, obliterated under his possessed rage. Their daughter, Lily, eyes wild with terror, ran through a corridor that seemed to stretch into infinity, her shrieks drowned by the cacophony of discordant, haunting melodies. The phantom wails of lost souls that had been ensnared by Madeline's curse throughout the centuries filled her ears, driving spikes of ice-cold fear into her heart. She stumbled, her sobs a morbid lullaby that accompanied the rhythmic thudding of her heart. As Madeline's dark influence wove through the air like toxic threads, the family danced to her twisted tune, movements jagged and unnatural. There was no free will in Blackwood Manor that night, just puppet strings pulled taut by malevolent hands. 
What dark pleasures Madeline derived from this chaos, only the depraved mind of the curse could fathom. Bloodied footsteps became the percussion, splintered wood and shattered blast the instrumental breaks, as the Blackwoods were stripped of their humanity, one agonizing note at a time. It was in these final, desperate hours that the true magnitude of horror showed its ghoulish face. Not in the gore and the violence that tore through Blackwood Manor, but in the chilling realization that the echoes of this night would linger long after the dawn, a resonance of pure evil that could never be unheard. The Blackwood family, once ensnared in a teetering facade of normalcy, now finds themselves catapulted into a grotesque arena of terror. The manor, an ancestral home corrupted by the antique doll now reveals its treacherous heart, as the walls themselves seem to pulse with malevolence, eager to consume those within. Desperation sears their minds as they scramble through the labyrinthine corridors. We need to stick together, for God's sake. Julian Blackwood gasps raggedly, his eyes darting to the unsettling stillness of Madeline, seated as though a sentinel of doom. Yet as his hand clutches at his sister, Eliza, a searing pain lacerates the air, her scream appears in counterpoint to the sinister thrum of the manor. It is Madeline's diabolical orchestration, her white porcelain eyes reflecting the pure terror that saturates the room. Julian, oh God, there's so much blood. Eliza's voice shatters as Julian's arm hangs grotesquely, flesh-torn, blood cascading in a ghastly waterfall from an unseen aggressor's savage rend. The fabric of his shirt soaks through with a dark, sinister red. The scent of iron and fear mingles as he stifles a pained groan, the sound gurgling from his throat. They press on, hearts slamming against ribcages, as Eliza, now Julian's keeper, supports his faltering frame. They are but marionettes, their strings pulled taut by an ancient evil. Floorboards creak with malicious intent beneath their frenetic steps, the house alive with a gnawing hunger for their anguish. Madeline appears again, as if teleporting through the manor's bowels, always ahead, her twisted grin ensuring they know escape is a fool's hope. To their rear, their mother's voice wails, tinged with madness, children. She's here, Madeline wants us to play. Yet, it's no longer their mother speaking, but the cursed influence that has burrowed into her soul. Her silhouette twists into unnatural shapes, a grotesque puppetry that would sicken the firmest of stomachs. We can't let that fucking doll win, Eliza wheezes, dragging Julian into the decaying chapel. The sacred space now mocked by the profane, the stained glass windows shatter as a gust of abominable winds lash within, and the very air is in a front all that ever was hallowed. Madeline's presence creeps, saturating every corner of the chapel, an inescapable miasma. She whispers through the malevolent gusts, each word a pointed dagger, why do you run, my pretties? There is beauty and surrender, in the spilling of your life's essence upon the hands of those who bred you. The siblings back against the dilapidated altar, eyes wide as the once inanimate doll begins a macabre locomotion, limbs jerking, face contorted in a disturbing mimicry of life. You cannot outlast the night, Madeline coos, voice of venomous lullaby, the curse is eternal, as is your torment. Panic and adrenaline fuel their next move, a desperate ploy to reclaim their agency amidst the annihilating terror that Madeline exudes. Not tonight you vile monster, Julian bellows, his voice carrying the weight of immeasurable fear and urgency. With a last vestige of strength, he thrusts a candlestick towards the oncoming doll, its pointed edge glinting with the ferocity of their hope for an end. The desperate battle for survival thrashes forward, threatening the very fabric of their existence. The Blackwoods, forced into an archaic struggle against the tentacles of an enduring curse. The battle, a symphony of screams, flesh, and defiance, rages on as the tentacles of fate coil tighter, and Madeline orchestrates the final movements of their dance with death. With the unholy energy of Madeline now pulsating through Blackwood Manor like a malevolent heartbeat, the surviving Blackwood family members found themselves encircled in the remnants of what could hardly be called a home. The grand foyer was splattered with the blood and viscera of those already claimed by the curse. Corpses lay crumpled, spread grotesquely across the once immaculate marble floors, decaying portraits gazing down in silent judgment. 
Eliza, her hands trembling with fear yet steeled with resolve, clutched a tattered book, a long-lost grimoire that whispered of ancient curses and forbidden lore. Beside her stood her brother, Nathan, gripping an iron fireplace poker like a medieval weapon, his eyes hollow, shadowed with the unspeakable acts he'd been compelled to commit. Both knew it was down to them, break the curse or be broken by it. Now listen, you demonic bitch of porcelain, Eliza growled under her breath, her voice charged with urgency as she began to recite incantations from the tome. Her words echoed throughout the cavernous room, each syllable laden with the power of her ancestors, a cacophony of hope against the consuming darkness. Madeline's once angelic doll face, now twisted into a cruel smirk, seemed to mock their efforts, even as another worldly wind began to howl, encircling them. Nathan, with a tormented roar, challenged the inanimate harbinger of their doom. We'll not be your puppets any longer, he bellowed, as he swung the makeshift weapon with all his might, shattering a nearby vase, its destruction a metaphor for their shattered lives. The air crackled with the intensity of their showdown, an invisible energy building with each incantation Eliza hurled at Madeline. The doll's eyes glowed an infernal red, its aura palpable, a force as unyielding as time itself. Yet, something was changing, a wavering, a weakness in the doll's malevolent stance. The grimoire's secrets were beginning to unravel the threads of the ancient hex. It was during this standoff that the deepest darkness of the Blackwood lineage emerged. From the very pages of the grimoire, Eliza uncovered a blood pact, an ancestor's gambit for power that had tethered Madeline's accursed existence to their bloodline. And with this revelation, the path to vanquishing the curse became heartbreakingly clear, a willing sacrifice from the cursed bloodline. I understand now, Eliza shrieked above the growing tempest, her voice sizing through the din. Our own blood, the tie that bounds her to this world. Nathan, the curse ends with us. Nathan turned, eyes wide with terrifying comprehension. Neither sibling spoke the words, but the heavy burden of their next act weighed upon them like the crypt door sealing a tomb. Together, with a sorrow too deep for tears, they clasped hands and stepped towards Madeline. The sacrifice was a visceral, horrifying liberation, a final act of sovereignty against the restraints that had toyed with their existence. Screams melded with the otherworldly shrieks of Madeline, her form crackling and distorting as if the reality she inhabited began to reject her. And then, a stillness as abrupt as a snapped neck flooded Blackwood Manor. Brother and sister lay side by side, bodies spent, while the doll, Madeline, her porcelain visage now cracked and lifeless, had become nothing more than a macabre relic of the terror she had once embodied. With her silence came the lifting of the darkness that had smothered Blackwood Manor for far too long. Quiet descended upon the scene, a quiet that ached with the echoes of a battle most foul yet triumphant. The curse was broken, but the cost etched itself into the very essence of the manor's walls, a testament to a legacy eternally cursed and yet, resolutely ended. In the aftermath of the blood-curdling terror that swept through Blackwood Manor, the echo of every scream, every plea for mercy, lingers in the air like a malevolent specter. The manor itself, once a bastion of familial love and unity, is now a carcass of its former glory, its walls saturated with the stench of death and despair. Madeline, the sinister catalyst of this carnage, now lies motionless amidst the wreckage. Her porcelain skin, which housed an ancient evil, is cracked and smeared with the blood of her victims. Her glassy eyes, which once glimmered with wicked intent, stare blankly at the ceiling, mocking the survivors with their silence. The surviving members of the Blackwood family, their faces gaunt, their eyes hollowed by horror, wander through the desolate corridors, haunted by the memories of their loved ones, twisted and torn apart by Madeline's unseen hands. Motherfucking shadows of their past selves, they grapple with the curse that ravaged their lineage, their minds teetering on the brink of madness. The youngest Blackwood, Clara, a girl who believed in fairy tales, now sees the world with eyes wide open to the fucking brutal truth. Her dreams of happily ever afters have been savagely ripped away, replaced by the chilling realization that evil is real, and it takes the guise of innocence. Her sobs, soft and despairing, are the mournful dirge of lost youth, a testament to the cursed legacy she's inherited. 
In the study, the patriarch, George Blackwood, sits amidst ancient tomes and scattered papers, forever searching for answers in the arcane. His hands shake as he pours over the twisted history of Madeline, a gory chronicle of possession, sacrifice, and ungodly rituals. With each turn of the page, his soul is slashed with guilt, knowing his own bloodline's hubris invited this unspeakable evil into their home. The spirits of those claimed by the curse linger, their whispered accusations and cries for vengeance a symphony of torment for those left behind. They're the goddamn unseen victims of Madeline's wrath, their existence now woven into the fabric of Blackwood Manor, a malevolent legacy that can never be erased. As night falls, the decrepit silhouette of Blackwood Manor cuts a foreboding figure against the dark skyline. Inside, the survivors cling to each other, their bonds forged stronger by the horrors they endured, knowing that with the fucking dawn, they must again face the remnants of the curse that will forever scar their name. In this perpetual purgatory, hope flutters like a flickering flame in the wind, brittle and dying. The curse of Madeline, woven into the lineage of the Blackwoods, festers like a malignant tumor, a legacy of darkness that threatens to consume all light within its grasp. Madeline may be silent now, but her influence permeates every corner of Blackwood Manor, a reminder to those who dwell within that evil never truly dies, it merely waits. Ah, dear listeners, what a ghastly excursion we've endured through the cursed corridors of Blackwood Manor. We've witnessed the degradation of a family, ensnared by the sinister strings of Madeline, a doll whose very essence is one with violence, betrayal, and the darkest sorcery. Their screams, now silent, linger in our thoughts, a somber reminder of the fragility of sanity against the ancient powers of malevolence. But your role, my devout disciples of the dark, is not yet fulfilled. Take to the shadows of social media and share your dread. Whisper to us your terrors on Twitter, inscribe your fears on Facebook, and invoke discourse on Instagram with hashtag TheWitchingHourPodcast. Let us revel together in the discomforting delight of nightmares shared. And should you brave the morrow, know that this is but one tale from the crypt. More macabre myths await, for the witching hour is an eternal specter that haunts the clock. Prepare yourselves, for our next encounter promises to be an odyssey of the occult that will chill even the most hardened hearts. This harrowing journey through the cursed halls of Blackwood Manor has come to its ghastly conclusion, but the echoes of Madeline's malevolence linger in the stillness that now claims the night. If these tales of the supernatural and the macabre thrill you, if the clammy grip of fear entices your senses, then let your voice be heard. Cast your thoughts into the void of the internet, tweet, post, share your terrors, and remember to use the hashtag hashtag witching our podcast. We implore those with dark encounters of their own to submit their stories, for they might be woven into the rich tapestry of horror that is the witching hour in episodes yet to come. Be it specters in the night, whispers in the darkness, or dolls with eyes that pierce the soul, your nightmares are the lifeblood that sustains our very being. And if you dare, subscribe for more tales that will ensure sleepless nights. Give us a 5-star rating if you've been sufficiently disturbed, and leave a review to imbue others with trepidation. The horror never truly ends, it merely lies dormant, awaiting the next witching hour to strike again. Remember, our grim saga may be paused, but it is far from over. We'll be waiting for you in the shadows. Farewell boils and ghouls, until the witching hour strikes again.